0: You're undergoing a, uh, I was going to say, a uh, upper body injury, I guess. So uh, I, I'm i just amazed that you could, you know, recover and uh, be ready for game time.
1: Well, you know, this appearance was a lot like the playoffs. You know, you just got to push through for your teammates and uh, keep the eye on the prize.
0: Yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, so uh, with that, uh, we're going to do a quick cold open and then, uh, yeah, we're going to get started. So uh, uh, let's get the theme going. are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream, it's not a desert mirage. it's Lord
1: Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Washington.
0: Welcome back to Jay Perth, Frank Radio. Uh, I'm here with Adam. Adam, we're back together. This is a big deal. Like, I feel like we've been apart for a while, uh, and there ha- hasn't been one with the, just the two of us. How have you been doing? Oh, you know, I've been doing all right. Just,
1: uh, you know, living the dream down here in Texas as we get further and further along into the NHL season and, uh you know, kind of get through these doldrums here to get ready for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, how ready are you for the regular season to just be over at this point?
1: You know, it it, it kind of is like a 10, but I also feel like if the Capitals go in like they are
0: right now, it's going to be a very quick playoff, so maybe like uh, 6 or 7. All right, okay. Well, that actually transitions perfect to our first topic, which is uh, the Capitals. So they they had an interesting deadline, but I think before we get into the deadline moves and how they fit, just— gut check level. What have you thought about the Caps of the last week or two?
1: Um, you know, I, I feel like this is the third podcast in a row where it's kind of been, some doesn't look right with the, with this team. They're just not playing that well. Um, I, I'm not overly awed by anything I'm seeing. I did think they played a bit better against Minnesota. Um, I, I don't know how the underlying numbers looked in that game, but visually I thought they looked better. I thought they created more high-quality chances than I've seen recently. The guys seem to have another uh, another level kind of to their play. They were moving a bit faster than we've seen previously, at least in the last few weeks. Um, so all in all, I'd say they're still not playing super well, but I, I would say uh, I, I did think they've looked a bit better, at, at least in their last game against Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's definitely been kind of a bit of a dull drumsy stretch right now. And I know that we talked about this a lot, but I'm honestly just having trouble kind of deciding with whether the Capitals themselves just aren't as good as we thought they would be in the first three months of the season, or if they're just dealing with something that every contender at some point has to deal with, which is just bleh you know, like the, these games in like February and now, you know, I guess early March that, you know, there's, it's hard to get up for them. So I don't know, where are you? Do you think that this is just, are you, are you still at the, this is underlyingly a good team, or are you starting to call it into question a little bit more?
1: Uh, I think it, I'm starting to get it kind of questioned a little bit more. Um, I think we've seen like for the first part of the year, the Capitals were a great team in terms of both results and underlying numbers. Um, then kind of it seemed like for a little bit they were getting good results and the underlying results were starting to slip and now kind of they're not getting a lot of great results and the underlying numbers don't look very good so it's I mean I say they don't look very good uh, I believe they're actually still middling of late but it, it's just it's not looking like an elite team yeah. right uh, But we got to remember when the Capitals didn't win the Stanley Cup they were not an elite possession team during the regular season um, they did play kind of the possession game at an elite level during the playoffs um, it was actually pretty impressive how how well they did in terms of possession versus how they did in the regular season.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but all that being said, I'm just starting to think that there's some holes on this roster. Um, you know, maybe not glaring, but the you know, like how hot was the fourth line a couple of months ago? Right? Yeah. The Fourth, like they were scoring like a goal every game or every two games. That's not sustainable production from your fourth line. Um, Nicholas Baxter, in my mind, hasn't really been playing particularly well. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, while starting to look a little bit better, has still been pretty inconsistent. And Verona went through a pretty long stretch without getting a lot of goals up until, um, I guess, about a week and a half ago now. And he's been, obviously, playing uh, well since and getting some points as well. So, um, not super, super concerned, but generally speaking, I do think the Cap- the Capitals are not, in my mind, you know, the best team in the conference.
0: No, yeah, I, I mean, I think... I definitely agree with that. And I think the other thing that... I think is kind of happened at the same time is you have a lot of teams, not just in the Metro, but also in the Atlantic, just playing way better than the Capitals are. I mean, Tampa right now is on some kind of unholy tear, and I know that every single person is then going to say, Well, look at what happened in the playoffs. But uh, look, you know, I would much rather be a great team in the playoff or in the regular season and then just hope there's like a magic switch that happens. And so like, I I would be terrified of playing Tampa, even regardless of what happened last year. So, you know, I think that you've seen a lot of those Tampa, Boston, Philly, to some extent, you know, really start catching up with the Capitals. And I think that's kind of put a bit of pressure on them to at least kind of shape up recently. And uh, they've been, I guess, a little bit better. But one of the things that you talked about is holes on the team. And one of the ways that uh, Brian McClellan wanted to uh, fix up those holes this is like a b-plus transition right b-plus is uh they he acquired uh Ilya kovalchuk and uh brendan Dillon. so i don't know uh first off i don't know if, if uh we've been on since the trades what was your kind of initial reaction and how do you think they fit in so far on the caps
1: um you know i thought i thought both deals were fine for the capitals they were the kind of the typical brian mcclellan low risk moves um, we had adam gretz on the podcast talk to him about dylan um, you know, he was kind of that stay at home guy, um, solid underlying numbers. And, you know, Brian McClellan's always going to trade for a defenseman at the deadline. So, yes,
0: <laughs> uh, it, it was a, deadline in a row,
1: right? If I remember correctly. So they just changed like for a that.
0: deadline.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, just crazy stuff. So p- pretty happy, honestly, with, with, with how he's looked so far. Um, Kovalchuk, I think that so, looked pretty good too. Um, you know, they got him for next to nothing. He cost next to nothing. And, uh, You know, his point production isn't really there yet, but he certainly doesn't look like a guy who's not capable of playing in a top-nine spot in the NHL. To me, he looks like a top-nine player. Um, You know, the work ethic and hustle look really good, which is not something I feel like uh, Kovachuk's game was uh, thought of containing earlier in his career. Maybe that was just kind of part of the treatment that Russians get when they're here in North America, but I've been very impressed by his work ethic um he he seems really hard on the puck and um well honestly no complaints about either of those acquirists so far um, yeah. both guys have been good
0: No I mean I I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you I think that Brett Dillon has kind of been a good partner for Carlson because I mean, uh, we all know that Carlson's going to put up points, and we all know at this point that Carlson is not going to be the world's greatest defensive <laughs> defenseman. Um, so I think Brendan Dillon's kind of there as a little bit of line stability and, you know, someone that kind of allows Carlson maybe a little bit more freedom to roam and be offensive, which is always helpful. Uh, and, I mean, I look Kovalchuk, yeah. Like, I've also been surprised at just how physical he is on the puck. And, uh, you know, I think it's... One where I, I, I think he, when he was in LA, you know, was stuck in basically a fourth-line role, and doing that while playing on a bad team is just not going to interest him very much, and I think, you know, even since he got traded from there, he was very good in Montreal to the, you know, still on a not very good team, but, you know, they, they were allowing him to kind of play up in the lineup, and, I you know, I think you almost wonder, you know, if he got some of his game back a little bit there, you know, since he's joined the Caps, I think he's, you know, really uh, kind of brought that too. And I think it's it's kind of added a little bit more intensity down the lineup. Um, I think you look at one of the other things that is worth talking about is kind of the, you know, spiraling effects that those two players have. And, uh, you know, one of them is uh, Richard Ponick on the fourth line. And I know that you haven't been and me neither. Had neither of us have been particularly impressed with Ponnik, but I think he's looked a little better since the fourth since he's getting to the fourth line. And I think the fourth line's starting to maybe shape up a little bit, huh?
1: Yeah, I think Ponic's looked pretty good of late. Um I mean, points make everybody look good. Yeah. And he's <laughs> starting to get some points. So um, you know, my glasses are definitely gonna be a bit rose colored, um, given how he's kind of hoping to to score right now. And the Capitals need kind of more goal scoring. They it feels like the goal scoring's really kind of uh, dried up a little bit. Um, I say that, but they've actually been scoring a lot recently, but uh, <laughs> they had more trouble kind of keeping the puck out of the net. But all things considered, I, I, I thought they needed more from the third and fourth lines prior to this kind of stretch of uh, offense coming back. So Pono's been a good part of that. And if they can get all four lines kind of doing something offensively, that that's great. Um, I, I'm still a firm believer that you know the fourth line, if the fourth line breaks even and the third and the first kind of top nine, Uh, It's their job to win the battle, and I think the Capitals' fourth line can certainly break even, if not kind of uh, do better than that. So I I think the Capitals have a good forward group.
0: Yeah, and I think the other line that's worth kind of talking about offensively is uh, the line that captivated everyone's attention, because the uh the all russian line of Ilya uh, Ilya Kovalchuk Evgeny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin got a little bit of ice time against uh Minnesota and scored one of the prettier goals i've seen the Capitals score this year from a team perspective you know this uh i think it was the third goal that Ovechkin um, Ovechkin's second and the third goal against Minnesota was one of the prettier goals I've seen so I don't know do you see a role for that kind of line or is it one of those where you know that was fun but it's not going to be something that's super sustainable
1: I don't know Kovalchuk kept talking about it when they brought him in about how it's almost like he expected to have a real shot to play uh, on the in the top on the top line with Ovechkin so I think yeah. that's interesting um I, I agree it was a very pretty goal it reminded me a lot of the sort of stuff that we used to see kind of from uh ovechkin and backstrom and salmon back in the day kind of that that j- just that level of skill to really get the guy wide open there on the side for that one time where it's a beautiful thing when it works and uh, no one does better at putting that kind of shot into the net than ovechkin so um all in all i think there's some potential for that line to work. I think kind of having flexibility to put Tom Wilson somewhere else in the lineup is, is a great gift. I mean, um, talk about Tom Wilson on the kind of third line. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm still not hundred percent convinced that Wilson's going to be able to carry his kind of carry weight offensively on his own. Um, I, I think Wilson has, has proven he is a very capable guy, especially in the top six. Um, but, you know, is Wilson going to be a guy to drive that line to have more offense? I don't know. Do I think Kovalchuk has what it takes anymore to, to kind of be a driver of offense? I don't know. So I guess your your, your bets there is, you know, do you think that either Kovalchuk or Wilson is going to be better at spreading the scoring? Or, you know, is one of them incrementally better than the other on the the top line? I'm not sure I have a great answer for that. I don't know know
0: if there is an answer for that, right? You know, it's not like hockey is going to give us, you know, double-blind studies that we can run on these players, right? So you know, I don't know. Um, One of the other things I think that we talk about a little bit with the deadline acquisitions is kind of how the defensive pairs are going to shape up. Uh, Since Dylan's gotten to the Capitals, obviously he, Carlson, and Orlov have been the uh, kind of no-brainer playing every night kind of players. But the other, you know, the other uh, three to four defensemen that the Capitals rely on have kind of been up and down a little bit. Uh, You know, we look at Gudis, Kempney, and Siegenthaler have all, you know, been in the lineup or been healthy scratch recently. So, I don't know, where where are you kind of on the, I guess, bottom three to four defenders of the Capitals? Is there one in particular that you think needs to be playing and isn't? Or, you know, where are you kind of at, and how do you think this is going to shape up?
1: I have no idea how it's going to shake up. I'm not going to lie to you, Greg. I mean, I think Kempney, yeah. he looks not good. Yeah. Um I also feel like John Carlson has looked awful over the last few weeks. Um, you know, he got walked by Malkin just, oh. just atrociously. I mean, yeah. the not just in general, I feel like uh, Carlson's defensive game has just been abysmal of late. Obviously, not saying at all he's like one of the bottom guys who needs to come out of the lineup or anything like that. Mm. I'm just saying, in general, I feel like the defense has not been particularly strong. Um, I'm not sure Kempney's back to where, I mean, he's definitely not back to where he was before his injury. Um, But I'm not not totally sold that I wouldn't want to give him a shot to figure it out Um, before, uh, I I, I don't know. I mean, Jensen's looked a bit better of late, but overall, I'm not super impressed by him. Uh,
0: You're saying you're not impressed by Nick Jensen.
1: No, not not, not generally. Uh, Siegenthaler and Gudis are both kind of fine. Me. Yeah, they're fine to me. Uh, but I, I don't have a lot of strong thoughts on the Capitals' third defensive pairing. I mean, the, uh, we thought talk, I talked about how the fourth line their goal is to break even. Like that's even more so for the third defense pairing. Just you know, stay above, stay, yeah. stay above water. Like try to keep the other team from getting a lot of momentum. If that's really a thing, you know, just keep the game. Going how it was going, if it was going well and if it was going poorly, try like to stop the bleeding. But yeah, you know these, these aren't guys that are, we need to. Are the Capitals need to be huge difference makers? I mean, chip in for the goal here and there.
0: But. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to bring it with my take here. Although I'm gonna, right. I think I think I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of with you here in that you know, I I really I'm starting to wonder if Kempney is gonna be the same player this year with the hamstring. Like I. I think it's pretty clear that he's still not 100% and that he's not not been 100% at all this year. And the part of the problem with Michael Kevney is that, you know, whether he's playing with Carlson or not, he's someone that really needs his kind of skating and speed to... A lot of his game is carrying the puck and getting it up the ice. And if he just doesn't have that explosiveness anymore, he's going to be doing little things and cheating and, you know, giving up really bad goals that are going to be pretty obvious. So... I you know, I, th- I kind of, I don't think the answer is we need to give up on Michael Kepney, period, because they won't, because they have him signed to a long contract. But, um you know, I think that he might be the point where they have to think about, you know, are they going to play him every night? And if they do, how are they going to shelter him? um You know, and I think kind of the other question that we, that we have that's kind of an open one is, who is Dmitry Orlov's partner going to be? Like, I think that, is it going to be Nick Jensen? Like, I guess that's kind of where they're leaning, but I feel like they keep wanting Nick Jensen to win that job, and he keeps not winning it, right? And so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know a good Orlov partner. I don't think it's Gudis, but I, you know, I don't. I just Gudis has been the most black player. I think really for the last like three to four months. So. I don't. I. I guess I just talked a lot to say I don't have a clear answer for this, but I guess I also don't have a clear answer. Um. Another area of the Capitals that doesn't have a clear answer is the goaltending situation. That was a good trip. Like, wouldn't we say good transition?
1: It's almost as good as pointing out what a great transition it was. Great. Yeah,
0: that was great. I'm pretty proud of that one. I'm giving myself an <laughs> A minus. Um so above the curve but uh so one one position that has similarly be, uh, been unsettled all year uh and really particularly over the last like 3 to 4 weeks has been the Capitals goaltending where it looks like, you know, everyone was willing to anoint Elias Samsonov the heir apparent and the potential playoff goalie. And then he has not been great. But Brayden Holby actually has been very good over the last three or four weeks. So where where are you at on the goaltending situation? And, uh, you know, is have you kind of noticed the same thing with holby? Uh
1: I, I do feel like holby has been looking a little bit better. I feel like when we kind of talked about this with J.P., I hinted something similar that I had a feeling that kind of, uh, we'd see hope get a chance to write the ship. If hope was able to write it, then hope was going to have the net. I did not think the team was as, uh, willing to kind of give the reins to Samsonov uh, immediately. Um, and I, and I think, I, I honestly, I feel like it's hope net again right now. Um, Uh, For better or worse, I mean, I I, I do believe this will be his last year in a Capitals uniform, and I think he will go out as the goalie um, of record in their final game.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agreed, and I think that that was always going to be the most likely situation, but uh, I think, you know, it's been funny because I think, you know, the Capitals' defense in front of him has been pretty consistently bad and you know lately it feels like I actually hope he's doing being one of the few reasons is kind of keeping the capitals afloat so which is not what i thought i would be saying two months ago but here we are um, but uh with that we're gonna take a quick break on the other side uh we're gonna expand our view a little bit and uh talk a little bit about who we'd like to play in the uh in the playoffs of the first round so stay tuned Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio, still here with Adam. And Adam, um, I figured for the other side of break, we were going to play a little game. Um, That sounds menacing. I promise it's not very menacing. Um, (laughs) We're going to play a game that is not Saw related. Uh, We're going to be playing a who would you like to play in the first round of the playoffs. And I have six teams here listed, and we're going to try to rank them in terms of... uh, I guess maybe the way we'll do it is I'm going to give you the team and you're going to say from one to six whether you would like to play them or not. And if the numbers match and we overlap or whatever and you give the same number twice, then uh, you're banished forever and uh, we will never have you on Rink Radio again. So no pressure. Um, so those, uh, that, the, as, as Adam gets ready to strangle me virtually from, um, <laughs> Houston. Um, so the Coming to
1: my house and telling me. Literally. I know,
0: I know. I'm going to, yeah. Uh, I'm very intense about this podcast, uh, that, you know, we do every week. Um, so the six teams that we are going to rank, uh, from one to six, uh, is the Columbus Blue Jackets, the oft-injured Columbus Blue Jackets, the Carolina Hurricanes, the team that everyone loves but is still not in a playoff position. Uh Um... the New York Islanders, a team that I really don't want to play just from a watchability standpoint, uh, and I'm already tired of the bra- the the Barry Trotz narrative, even though it hasn't happened yet. Uh, the New York Rangers, who have four good forwards and not a lot else. And uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are apparently terrifying and really good, uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who... I've really enjoyed the six-game losing streak, Uh, but they're getting Dumoulin and um, Marino back soon, and so they're going to probably go right back to being terrifying. So let's start with Columbus, the team that is nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, From, I guess, one to I really want to play them, to six, I really don't want to play them. What are your thoughts on the Columbus Blue Jackets?
1: Uh, I've got them as like a... One is I want to play them. Well, I don't know. So, Should we
0: say six? You want to like is the one you would want
1: to play them? I don't like. I, I think let's let's do most wanted matchup first. Okay. All right. So I'd give them like a four. I really don't. I don't think the Capitals match up that well against uh, Columbus.
0: Interesting. I
1: okay. Think, I think I think every time the Caps play Columbus, things don't go well. The matches get pretty chippy. I think Nick Felino always kind of picks on somebody. I believe he went after Siegenthaler last time. Um, and I, I, I just don't love that matchup. So I give it whatever number I just said, I believe it was a
0: four. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a two. Uh, so we disagree and you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, my argument for wanting to play Columbus would be their top forward defenseman and goalie are all hurt right now. And, I look at that team, and I don't see a team that's going to be able to score enough. Um, I Obviously, the idea of playing Tortorella in the playoffs is somewhat terrifying, because I do think there's credence to the fact that he's pretty good in the playoffs in terms of dictating matchups, uh, but it's hard to, you know, there's the old poker saying, it's hard to beat uh, nothing with nothing, and... You know, I think that he, I wonder, you know, is he going to be the, does he have the horses to keep up with the Capitals in a seven game series? I say no. So I put him, I put the Columbus Blue Jackets at number two on my ranking. So next up is the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I remember last year, Carolina, I did this ranking in a blog post and I said, I wanted no part of the Carolina Hurricanes and I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but and because, really, the Capitals should have won that series. But they did not, and so I got to sound smart for two seconds. Um, I don't know. Thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they are not in a playoff position right now, but, uh, you know, say that they do and the Capitals play them. Uh, what would be your thoughts? Mm,
1: let's go with a. Um, let's go with a five. A five. Um, okay. I don't like the idea of playing Carolina at all. I think they are the typical um, analytics team that does bad in the regular season, puts up a good showing in the playoffs. Kind of like those Kings teams that that won with a bad seeding back in the day. Um, oh. South Carolina did did the playoffs last year. I'm convinced they will again be a dangerous team if they make it. Um, they annoy me. Not not a, They I, they do they, annoy me. <laughs> I. I, 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 I You know, I I really used to like Carolina. They were kind of the lovable losers. And now I'm, I don't know what it is. I think it's the the fan base is starting to wear on me a little bit. But, um, are are you tired of
0: everyone telling you how much you need to love the Carolina Hurricanes because they're great for hockey and therefore you must love them because they're great for hockey?
1: No, I I think it's more just like the fans that are coming out and being like talking about how you know, Tom Wilson's the dirtiest player ever and all this other well, stuff. That, like, but that's every
0: fan base, though,
1: right? No, nice. but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the Carolina, I don't know. Maybe I'm policing fandom a little bit. I'm just like, Yeah, how you? dare you? Like, like, who are you? Yeah. Like, who, are you? Who, are you? who are you guys like? You, you're like a new fan, which means that you're probably, you're very loyal to your team. I love that. I love new fans. Yeah. But yeah. it drives me a little nuts when they, like, come really hard trying, like, to bash something from a place of, they're very knowledgeable new fans, and they're fans that are new and that aren't very knowledgeable. And I feel like yeah. there's a yeah. very loud number of hurricane fans that are not necessarily the most knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. but there's also very super knowledgeable hurricanes fans. And I need to exit this conversation because I'm probably digging myself a deeper hole here. but <laughs>
0: You are not going to be invited on a Carolina Hurricanes podcast anytime soon. Yeah, there um, are a lot of really good Carolina
1: Hurricane fans, and, I really, I really, and I'm sure like, they're lovely people. Yes, and I really like Eric Kolsky and all the work that he's done with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. But, uh, five I, for you. I, I just don't want to have anything to do with them, to be honest. I think they're a good team, and I'm a little tired of dealing with kind of the, the incessant need of Hurricanes fandom to tweet at the Capitals every time the Capitals do something bad.
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually right there with you. I'm also at a five. I look at a team that... You know, they're missing Dougie Hamilton right now. I think they're going to get him back by the playoffs, although I'm not 100% sure. If they do, then they're terrifying. If they don't, then I... Look, if they make the playoffs, then, you know, they're going to presumably have heated up a little bit. That is a team that, again, isn't analytics, darling. And, again, I don't think is a great matchup for the Capitals. I, you know, we look at the matchup last year, and the Capitals were not able to get the puck out of the neutral zone basically the entire series and somehow took it to seven games despite that, but regardless, this is just not a team I would want to see in the playoffs. They're terrifying. They have scoring up and down the lineup, and, uh, yeah, so I am also sick of, you know, some elements of their fans, but you know what? I'm sure on balance they're fine, and Twitter is an awful hellscape anyways, so I'm also with you on a five. Um, all right, the next up is one that I suspect we're both going to have much different rankings on, and that is the New York Islanders. Uh, so to get, to keep you up to date, you're, you've are you used your four and your five. Yep. Uh, we I've demand integrity them. here, so, you know, you're going to have to come up with a not four or five.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make them my two. Your two? Yeah, I think the Islanders suck, and I think the Capitals <laughs> would do well against them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, well, I was going to go two, but uh, we I, I, we need to disagree on something. So I'm actually going to put them number one. I want the, I, and I'm going to regret this already, but I, I want them in the playoffs. I don't think they have enough scoring. I just don't. And I look at that blue line, and I know Trot's Devil, Magic, yada, yada, but... I look at a blue line that just is going to have, I think if the Capitals are able to get on the four check enough, which who knows if they will or won't. It depends on what the Capitals eat for breakfast that morning, seemingly. But if they do, I don't see a blue line that's going to be able to consistently skate the puck out. And I just don't know if the Islanders have the kind of scoring over a seven game series to really make that kind of imprint. And me saying this means, of course, they're going to play the Islanders in the first round, and they're probably going to lose. So, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, all
1: right. I, I um, just, just want to note my hypocrisy on the fact that I have Columbus and the Islanders far apart when they're kind of very similar teams, and yeah. they both were the Capitals hard. But I can only give a four to so many teams. I mean, ideally, just the Capitals wouldn't have to play anyone in the first round. They'd have a bye. So, yeah. but that so that's what they should do, better. right? They
0: should... Well... I, if they Netflix. did have a buy, the Capitals would not be getting it because it would go to the it would go to Boston. Yeah. But whatever, yeah. you know what? No, there should be a buy. I don't care. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just, enough
1: teams make the playoffs as is, and there will only be a buy if the NHL started giving too many teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Firm believer, eight Ugh. per conference. That's the max in my mind. All right, okay. Uh, no buy right, weeks for you. Who we talking about
0: next? Uh, next up, we are talking about the New York Rangers. Uh, I, I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion where you're going to rank them. Um, so go ahead. That's my one. That's your one? Yeah. And that's kind of where I, yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, they're, they're
0: sticking around. They are. They're alive.
1: He's very good against the
0: Caps in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to put them two. So. I was also going to put them one and then I figured let's incite some disagreement, which I guess is basically me just saying I am a sellout radio person now and I might as well just embrace my future. which is fine. Uh, But I I guess my argument for putting them ahead of the island or behind the Islanders in terms of I wouldn't want to play them is, you know, you wonder, like, could they just shorten their bench and play Panera in like 25 minutes or something a night? And if they do that, you know, and drastically shorten the amount, maybe they have a goalie or two that could steal, uh, maybe three, they could steal a, steal a few games. I, I again, I mean, I'd love to play the Rangers. That would be, I think, a great matchup for the Capitals. Uh, You know, so not much disagreement there. I have them at number two. So, well, all right. A, we're, we're
1: looking at it. So I, I just wanted to go through this real fast. According to Michael Blake McCurdy, ineffective math on yeah. there, we've got the Rangers... They are a 7% chance to play the Caps. Sure. Columbus, 8%. Carolina, 14
0: mm-hmm.
1: Islanders, 24%. That's where we're at so far.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I'm assuming the next team on this list is a team that the Capitals are very unlikely to play in the playoffs. Uh, but technically, they could, I think. Um, and I have a sneaky suspicion we're both going to rank them in the same place. So the Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: The Penguins actually are a 23% chance to play the Capitals. Oh,
0: they are? Okay, all right. That's that's not nothing. That's actually Uh, really really higher than I expected.
1: I think I'm going to give them a three.
0: A three? You're using your three. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think Pittsburgh is still a great team. I think the Capitals have looked good against Pittsburgh
0: so far this year.
1: I think uh, really the reason I'm giving them a three is because I'm running out of numbers here. (laughs) <laughs> you got you, got you
0: three and your six left so uh, yeah
1: I, I think i'd rather play pittsburgh than the flyers right now all right uh, pittsburgh's right now because pittsburgh cold cold as ice they are they, got, they can't win a game right now let's see what are they doing in their last 10
0: they've been all they, they've lost six in a row in regulation
1: yeah they are three six and one in their last 10 that's true so far
0: they are yeah they're struggling although i'm going to i'm going to give them a 6 uh i do not want any part of them and uh, i'll give you two players who i just looked and are coming back tomorrow and that is Josh Marino and Brian Dumoulin, and they're both really good and i would suspect they're going to slot right back in and they're going to be terrifying again i the penguins terrify me i think that you look at you know the Zucker trade i think he partners perfectly with with Crosby I, you know, the idea of running Crosby and Malkin out one, two has always terrified the Capitals. Sullivan's a great playoff coach. I, I want nothing to do with Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm going to give them the six. So that means that you are going to use your six on the Philadelphia Flyers. So defend yourself, Adam. Well, you know, the
1: Flyers are eight, two and in their last 10. There you They're go. Hot. The Flyers goal differential is now plus 30, which is better than both the Penguins and the Capitals. Wow um they've only given up 178 goals this year in 64 games for perspective the capitals have given up 199 so um you know the oops oh, sorry they've give, they have given up 190 the i was just giving pittsburgh's numbers whoops how <laughs> no. dare you good sir how dare i all right yeah let's, let's stay this is here an outrage. pittsburgh has philadelphia has given up 190 Capitals have given up 199 and they've scored 220 and given up 226. So the goal differential is only three better than Washington, but it's still better. Um, the point <laughs> is that Philadelphia has been flying under the radar all year. Um, they're really hot right now, and you know they have the goal differential to prove it. I, I actually think they're a pretty good team, um, and they've been kind of limping around without kind of Carter Hart doing his thing. So. Um, I'm not sure if I think Philly's got, like, kind of sustainability in them, but if we were talking about entering the playoffs today, Philadelphia would be the team I'd least want to play because they are really kind of kicking it on all cylinders.
0: All right. I I put them three. I actually agree with a lot of what you said, but I, I think that, you know, I look at the depth a little bit there, and, you know, I question, you know, they're, I think, riding a pretty high shooting percentage right now. I don't know if they have the kind of talent to keep that up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Carter Hart's really good and that's a pretty, really, I think, good team. So I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. I think that, you know, I think this exercise has taught us that, you know, the, there's I think a pretty clear gap between the teams that the Capitals would play. So I'm, uh, curious to see, you know, how this all kind of wraps up. So, uh, I guess, Adam, to kind of conclude this, um, let me kind of end with this. We're, you know, I think three or four weeks out from the playoffs, what what would constitute a successful last fifteen games or whatever of the season? Like if at the end of the fifteen you know games, the Capitals were doing X. You know what would what would make you happy with the last fifteen?
1: I think the Caps have to win the division at this yeah. point. I think they they've uh, kind of mediocre played themselves back into a bit of a dogfight here to to win. I think they're gonna. I think winning the division and uh, the way that they if they do it by playing good hockey right yeah Uh, winning the division while playing poorly doesn't really do anything for you but they they have to kind of show that they're the kind of team that can hang with boston and tampa i think those two teams are very clearly the class of the east right now and i don't think it's particularly close it is (laughs) Uh, so i I think washington's gonna have to, to to kind of do a lot uh to prove they can beat those guys and they might have to prove that to themselves so they can beat those teams. I mean, Boston finally beat them in the regular season. and
0: uh, Yeah, know, the streak uh, is over.
1: The streak is over. Um, just kind of for perspective, Tampa Bay is plus
0: 47 in goal differential. Oh, Tampa, is Tampa Bay is terrifying.
1: Yeah, so those guys are looking pretty good. So The Capitals will actually, not
0: be playing Tampa, but that would be like number 8 million in terms of teams I'd want to play. Like
1: I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want any part of Boston
0: nor Tampa. So no, fair. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that one of those two is going to be eliminated in the second round.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know,
0: go. that's your that's cra- your playoff format without a bye. The so there you go. Yeah. Well, the Capitals played
1: played Pittsburgh what three three times in three years in the yeah. second round. So Crimea rumor. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair point. All right.
0: Well. Uh, yeah. So uh, all right. Well, Adam, uh, I think we're. We're at, you know, 35 minutes or so. I know that uh, we said that we were going to keep this one short. And like always, I've done a poor job of that. So I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I uh, just uh, where can people find you and your work and everything?
1: Well, people can always find me on Twitter at stringham a. I mean, yeah. I might not be down there as much as I used to be. But, uh, you know, always, always down for a good hockey conversation. If anyone wants to hit me up, um, you know. There you go. That's about it.
0: (laughs) All right, and you can find me at uh, Greg Y under or uh, yeah. Uh. Greg Y underscore J-R. Sorry, I, I don't know why that took me a bit. Uh, but if you liked this show, you should rate, write, subscribe, and review. Do all that stuff. Uh, helps you find out the podcast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully leave us a good review. So next week, um, we don't have a set plan yet. But uh, I think it's going to be Adam and I again. So uh, we're, we're excited to kind of ramp up this stretch run. And I know we got some big stuff planned for the playoffs. So uh, stay tuned and uh, thanks for listening.